Welcome to the Ransom Life Podcast. Ransom Life is a nonprofit in San Antonio, Texas, and our vision is to see every exploited youth redeemed and restored. Our mission is to equip and empower exploited youth to experience freedom and purpose, and we accomplish this through mentoring, counseling, and awareness. Our hope for this podcast is to bring you information on child sex trafficking that is easy to listen to and easy to share. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ransom Life Podcast. This is episode three, and I am James, and once again, I'm joined with... Ceresa. And we have a special episode for you. Uh, last week, we started the series on how sex trafficking happens, and we were talking about uh, a lot of times sex trafficking starts with relationships that are built either online or in person, on the streets, uh, whatever the case may be for the person that's being victimized. But today, we're going to start talking about something different. We're going to talk about a word that you may not have heard before. It's called sextortion. So, right, so what's the definition of sextortion? So sextortion is defined as the threat to expose sexual images in order to make a person do something. And this is a really common way people get pulled into trafficking, especially today with the teenagers being on the phones and social media and sexting. Um, this is a common way that they get pulled in. And instead of us talking back and forth about uh, what sextortion is and how it works out. Uh, we decided to play y'all a couple of audio clips from one of our recent presentations. And the audio would be from Susan. She is our community awareness director. And she has a few stories on sextortion uh, that are really impactful. So we're going to start with the first story. It's a story about a young woman named Ashley. Ashley takes a nude photo of herself and sends it to her boyfriend. But then she and the boyfriend get in an argument, get in a fight. They break up and his revenge is that he takes that photo of her and he starts sending it to a couple of his buddies who send it to somebody else, who send it to somebody else. And before you know it, pretty much everybody in Ashley's social circle at her school, in her neighborhood has that naked picture and they're making fun of her and bullying her behind her back. And that's bad, but it's not yet sextortion. It becomes sextortion when a criminal or someone who is in her circle who decides to use it decides to um, send her a text and they say, hey, Ashley, I've got the nude photo of you and I'm going to put it on Facebook and tag your mom unless you do what I say. Well, Ashley is panicked. She's like, no, 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 no. Please don't put that up on Facebook. No, my, no, you don't understand how bad it is between my mom and I right now. Please, 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 whoever you are, don't do that. I'll do anything you say. Please, I'll do anything. And that's where sextortion begins. The person says, all right, well, send me more nude photos or make, an, make a sexually explicit video of yourself and send it to me or meet with me and do what I tell you to do. Any of those scenarios will be the sexual exploitation of Ashley simply because she sent a nude photo to someone. So unfortunately, stories like that are all too common today. Um, even the the joint task force with the Bear County Sheriff's Office that we work with, they talk about how sextortion is one of the most crimes that they're dealing, like the most reported crimes that they're dealing with in San Antonio. Um, so it is happening all the time. And it's so common just because sexting right now is so common with the teenagers. Um, and once that picture gets in the hands of the wrong person, then sextortion can happen. And then that eventually can lead into trafficking. So that's a story that uh, unfortunately happens a lot within a school setting. 
uh, Susan's about to share with us another story of a group of four boys that get pulled into sextortion through online gaming. And I want to talk to you guys about boys. So often people somehow think this is something that only happens to girls. That is absolutely false. We have a drop-in center in the San Antonio area called Centro Seguro. At Centro, of all the, the street youth who've come through their doors who have been documented as being clear concern of trafficking, in other words, they've probably been trafficked or are being trafficked, of those, 40% of the time, it's a boy. Not 1%, not 2%, 40% of the time, it's boys in that vulnerable population. And then gaming is the primary recruitment tool for boys who are not on the streets. I'm going to tell you a story of four high school freshman boys, great friends, been friends for years. They're, they spend all of their spare time in whatever their favorite game is. At some point during the game, they meet a girl. Someone um, kind of joins their team or compliments them and begins to interact with them within the game. And she tells them she's also a freshman in high school. She lives a few states away. She is active in the game. She's good at the game. She's funny. She's cute. They become friends. And she spends money on those boys. Like they, you know, they need a weapon or they need a bundle or whatever. She's got the ability to um, spend money on them. Whatever the currency is within the game, she, she, she buys them stuff. And then one day the girl sends a message to all four of the boys individually via text and says, I really like you. I'd really like to be your girlfriend. Will you, uh, do you like me? Like, let's, let's kind of take this up a notch. And all four of those boys are like, yeah, like, I do like you. I would, I, will you be my girlfriend? That's awesome. And she says, yeah, yeah, but let's keep it a secret. Let's don't tell the others because then, you know, it'll cause jealousy in the game and let's just make it be between you and me. So she's in a relationship with all four of those boys, but they're keeping it a secret. And then each of the boys gets a nude photo of their girlfriend and a text that says, hey, send me a nude photo of you. And each of those boys are like, okay. So they take a, a naked picture of themselves, full body, and they send it to their girlfriend. And then she sends them a video of herself, of a sexual nature. And they like that. And she asks for a video in return. And so this goes back and forth, the exchanging of videos and photographs with this girl. And again, it's being kept a secret. Each of the boys thinks it's just them and the girl. And then one day, each of those boys gets a message on their phone and it's from a number they're not familiar with. And it's in all caps. And it says, I am the uncle of the girl that you've been sending the naked videos and photographs back and forth with. And my niece has told me your mom's name, your dad's name. I know where you go to school. I know where your dad works. I know your football coach. I know everything about you. If you ever contact my niece again, I will make sure your mom, your dad, your football coach, and everybody you know, knows about the naked videos and pictures going back and forth. Those four boys all get that message and they are stunned. They, there's no way they want their mom and their dad or anybody they know to see some of those videos that they sent that girl. And then the uncle sends another message. Unless you want everybody to see what you sent my niece, you need to send me, the uncle, a naked photo of yourself. Do it. Do it now. Or I'm about to send that one video you made last week to your mom and your dad. Do you want that to happen? No, those boys don't want their mom and dad to see those videos they made. So they don't know what else to do. They, they take a naked picture and they send it to the man thinking, okay, like that'll be the end of it. But it's not the end of it. 
because it escalates from there. And the man begins demanding sexually explicit videos from them. And then now that he has those, he's got even more leverage. Like, do you want your mom and dad to know you've been sending naked videos and photographs to a man? Then send me more. And then the man demands an in-person meeting with one of the boys. That boy does not want to go meet with any man. But he decides to go to the motel room and confront the man and say, uh-uh, like you're not doing this to me anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell my parents and 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 we'll go to law enforcement. You have to stop threatening me. Goes to the motel room, says all of that to the man in the motel room. Man in the motel room becomes violently angry and rapes that boy, hurts that boy. The boy gets away, he goes home, takes out a piece of paper and a pencil, and he writes down everything that he can remember about the girl's name and her and, and her phone number and the phone number of the uncle. He didn't know his name. And then uh, the motel and a description of the man in the motel and everything that happened, he writes it all down. And then because of the shame and embarrassment and stress that he's been under, he makes a decision and commits suicide. And his parents come home that night and they find their son. And they find all that information written down. They turn it over to law enforcement. Law enforcement interviews the friends, finds out it's been happening to them too. None of them went to a motel room. Eventually, law enforcement tracks down the uncle. It's a man who lives a couple states away, kind of in his grandmother's basement. He's got all this computer equipment, multiple images, multiple young people that he's using this extortion, sextortion situation on throughout the country. And the girl in the story, she doesn't even have an uncle. She's never been in any game. She was a victim. Creepy basement guy had taken those photos and videos of that girl and had pretended to be her and had sent those to the boys pretending to be her. Those four boys thought they were in a relationship with a 14-year-old girl. They were in a relationship with creepy basement guy and they didn't know it. And the man in the motel room was not creepy basement guy. He was a man who answered an ad on the dark web that creepy basement guy had put up to make money. And when that man went to that motel room and that he thought the kid was going to be willing, he didn't know all the backstory because he wasn't involved in it. Law enforcement eventually found him as well. Folks, that's how easy it is for our young people to be pulled into this via a game, via sending a photo of themselves to someone. As we've heard, it's easy for a young person to fall into sextortion. Uh, but when we look at it, it's a lot. It's a pretty big process for a trafficker to uh, to start putting this all together, it's a, it's complicated. And as we heard from this most recent story, there's a lot of pieces involved. There's a lot of uh, other people that are uh, involved in this process to make money for the trafficker. Um, so it's it's really easy for a child just to follow into it because the trafficker takes the complicated process of making money and makes it easy. Yeah, and I think it's so important for parents to realize that what parents see most of the time is the end result, which is a huge deal. There's been multiple images or even videos sent and exchanged with this person. Um, and it confuses the parents. Like, how could my child ever do this? How, how could they be so dumb to do something like this? Um, but the reality is it's, it starts out so small, like it might just be their messaging for a few days and then she or he, whatever, will send a picture of them in their bathing suit. Or like it starts out extremely small um, and then it builds and builds and builds. And the more that they are willing to do what is being requested of them, 
the bigger the request becomes. Um, and so it's, I just, it's important for parents to realize that, that their child is not unique in this, I guess, like it, it's happening to everyone. Um, and it's very easy to fall into it because it starts so small and it seems to start so innocently. And as you mentioned briefly before, it's uh, a lot more common than we might think it is. Uh, I, I've known that you've been on the phone several times with moms that have been uh, talking about this with you and saying that this happened to them. And uh, other staff members of ours, we've heard of uh, them talking about stories of this happening within their own family and with friends that they know of. Uh, so unfortunately, it's something that happens quickly. And so in closing, we want to share a couple of quick thoughts uh, to parents and to teenagers. So for teenagers, I want to let you all know if you're listening to this, you don't have to fall for the peer pressure to send nude images to uh, your boyfriend or to your girlfriend. Uh, you don't have to do that. And it's it seems kind of old fashioned maybe to think of it that way. Uh, but the reality is whenever you take a picture of yourself naked or even just take a picture in general, it's saved. It's out there forever, especially when you push that send button. Uh, it's Once you push send, there's no way of getting it back. Uh, so if you're uh, taking pictures of yourself and thinking about sending it to other people, just keep in mind, even with a, a app like Snapchat, it supposedly deletes after a while, but people can take screenshots and uh, it, it will alert you if you get a screenshot taken of yourself. But even then, even if it alerts you, it's you still know it's out there, and there's no telling who's going to get in, uh, who's going to become the person that gets that picture. And uh, that's the unfortunate truth. So my advice would be: don't even take pictures of yourself naked in the first place. Uh, that's what I would say to a teenager. And uh, if you're a teenager that's already uh, done this, or maybe you're a teenager that's being uh, sextorted right now, I want to encourage you to. Uh, find a trusted adult that you can talk with or even find a trusted friend you can talk with and uh, help taking those steps. Uh, on our website, we have a knowledge hub and there's a helpful, there's a guide for teenagers. There's a guide for parents on uh, what to do if this is happening to you currently. Yeah. And don't believe the lie that you can't get out of it, <laughs> that you're too far in to get help. That's a lie. Um, and the person that is exploiting you in that way is wanting you to believe that, but it's not true. You can get help at any moment. Um, and so just reach out to, like James said, find a trusted adult, whether it's a teacher, an aunt, hopefully your parents, if it's not your parents, maybe it's your friend's parents. And Teresa, what advice would you give to a parent? I think the biggest advice I would give would be to pay attention, <laughs> pay attention to your daughter to your son. Um, when something like this starts happening, there is a big shift. You should be able to tell that something is going on um, because there is shame involved, there's secrecy, secrecy involved. Um, they're trying to hide what's going on. They might become depressed. They might become um, extremely flamboyant. Um, just there's usually a shift. And so I would say pay attention to that shift and then also be monitoring your child's phone. We talk about this in our presentations. Um, there's lots of tools to be able to help you do that. Um, but be monitoring their phones. Also, I would tell parents to have conversations with their youth, open conversations about this. Um, 
no teenager wants to have a conversation with their parents about sexting or sextortion. But the reality is they need to know that you are a safe person to come and talk to this about. If it does happen, do not overreact if they say that they have done this before. Um, but just be able to have open conversations with your youth often and not just, not just one time when they turn 12. Um, but have ongoing conversations and a lot of the presentations that ransom life does, um, helps you with that. They give you talking points. They help you to be able to know what to talk about and kind of how to talk about it with your teenager. So I would encourage you to sign up for one of our presentations. Yes, we have uh, presentations that we make available to the public that anyone can sign up for. And uh, we also have presentations that you can request for your group, whether it be a school group, a church group, a work group, whatever the case may be, we can come speak to whoever it is that you need us to speak to. And we'd love to get this information out there. Uh, the clips that I pulled of Susan talking, they came from a webinar we did with the Young Women's Leadership Academy here in San Antonio. We did a presentation for their parents uh, early in the morning, and uh, we were happy to do it. We also had the Bear County Sheriff's Office join us for that presentation, uh, so it was really cool to have that uh, going on. And if that's something you want to arrange, you can find more information on our website, and we'd be happy to do that for you because uh, ultimately we want people to get educated. And that's the point of this podcast also. Uh, so we're so thankful that you've just taken the time to listen to this and to learn more about sextortion. We hope that this was helpful to you, and uh, we look forward to having you back for episode four. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found this information helpful, please subscribe to our channel and share with your family and friends. Our goal is to educate as many people as possible in hopes of ending child sex trafficking. For more information about Ransom Life, please visit our website at ransomlifetexas.org.